0: Good morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida.
1: And I am Jamie Jennings in Phoenix, Arizona, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for September 5th, episode 2009, brought to you today by Omega Alpha Equine. Good morning, Horse World.
2: Big Wednesday, the day you face your own biggest challenge, the day you risk it all, the day you either distinguish yourself or fade into the crowd hang
3: on we're hitching a ride daddy i want another pony
2: i put 40 hours in this weekend man it's only wednesday i've been cussing this damn heat all day long there's got to be another way so i pick up my guitar and
0: Well, it's begun, Jamie. The horses have begun to arrive in Tryon. They're all going through Greenville-Spartanburg International Airport. I don't know if you saw the pictures, but it's quite amazing to see what they're doing. Um,
1: Greenville-Spartanburg is an international airport?
0: Big enough for what? these big-ass airplanes, <laughs> Boeing 777s, which...
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: You know how big that is, knowing what your husband flies. Um, huge. These are big ones. Uh, and the first 60... Seven horses have started to show up from Belgium. And what was really cool, I don't know if you saw the pictures, but they they have all of these commercial transport trucks, you know, the big silver ones, the big aluminum silver things, the tractor trailers. They had them all lined up at the airport. And what they do is they open the side door of the first one and they put ramps across all of them. So the horses walk into one and across all of them and they load them that way. So they're not loading into the individual trucks. They're walking across all of the trucks, and then they load them in, and they had police escorts taking them to try on and the whole thing. Wow. So it, it uh, Emirates Sky Cargo will move 550 of the horses participating in the competition from Europe. Uh, it's the largest movement of horses by air since World War II. Um, they'll join seven two hundred really
1: yeah. That, there's more than more usual. Than, more
0: than usual, apparently. There's almost a, a eight hundred thousand horses coming in. Um, they will two eight hundred thousand no eight hundred to thousand horses.
1: Oh, okay, I'm
0: like, what? apparently two hundred seventy horses are being driven in. Obviously from Canada, United States, or wherever they're coming from. Locally here, um, they. Th- what was really interesting is the. The the cargo. So by the way, these horses have a lot more spacious accommodations than we do when we fly to Europe, that's for darn sure. Um and talk about stuff. Their baggage allowance is a little bigger too. There's 123 tons of equipment coming in, ranging from saddles, to bridles, rugs, grooming clits, reel bars, everything, as well as 51 tons of feed, including in-flight snacks and 20 liters of water per horse, and all of the feed and everything that they're going to be needing for while they're here. While they're here, you don't think about you know you think about the horses and you see the pictures of them getting loaded up. By the way, can you imagine? I cannot imagine Scooter putting up with that.
1: (laughs) Okay. When I load a horse, like when I'm going to take a truckload of horses somewhere, like say we're going to move to Oklahoma here soon, and I'm responsible for taking four. Thank God I get to ship baby Zara and Pink, but I'm responsible for shipping four of my own horses and the stress that I feel just driving my horses is amazing. I can't imagine putting my horses in a plane and having zero control over it. And by the way, they're like world champions.
0: Okay, I would love to be a groom on the plane sometime, though, wouldn't you? Just, just no. To- <laughs> I no. would just to see the whole process, I think it'd be fascinating. It was so cool to see the pictures of the three horses in the boxes, whatever they're called. They're like standing stalls, I guess. And then they're on these conveyor belts going across into the plane and the horses are looking out, going, eh, this is cool. I was going well, I cannot imagine any of our horses going, Oh, this is cool.
1: No. <laughs> and and yeah, I mean it's the same when you see the pictures of California Chrome or American Pharaoh, they're like, Hey. How's it going? I'm like, oh my god, you're on a plane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you know, our ears pop. Do they have gum for horses? I mean, what how does that work? Do their it's ears like pop? the
1: babies cry upon landing all the time cuz it hurts What do the horses do?
0: Oh you know, <laughs> god.
1: The stress, I can't even imagine. Now, and then you put an entire seven, Boeing 777 full of million dollar horses. Oh, no. <laughs>
0: Too it's stressful. going to be interesting. So you, you're you going to be moving here in a couple of weeks. Are you moving? All, are you doing like 20 trips to Oklahoma? Isn't that like <laughs> a like a hike? That's a hike, isn't it?
1: Oh, my gosh. It's quite a ways. Yes. So I've got the four horse trailer. So in an effort to not make two trips, because <clears throat> well, you're not going to fit
0: 10 in a four horse trailer, that's not going to work.
1: I feel like that's illegal.: I don't know that for sure. <laughs> I don't think it's illegal.
0: Just, it's stupid, but I don't know if it's I
1: can I can't convince <laughs> Zeus to jump up into the gooseneck part and just lay down. <laughs> just
0: like, <laughs> you know what? If a precious trainer. magic Gallup Jennings would have done it, that pony would have done it.
1: That but you're right, you're right. Uh, so with the addition of the new pony, I actually have to I'm going to commercially ship three horses. I'm going to hire a professional oh, to take off.: A
0: luxury ride.
1: Yes. Exa- well, they have to. Okay. You know, I've had some bad experiences with haulers before. So th- I'm like only reaching out to the big companies because I know that baby Zara and Pink, who's an, a pregnant mare. And I think I'm going to, sh- because now I have that new pony, I think I'm going to put Duke in the uh, the fancy ride and... I don't know who I'm going to use yet. I'm I'm looking around. I'm getting quotes. We'll now see Zeus how it goes. is the
0: interesting one because of his. Well, let's go. Let's let's talk about Zeus in a minute. All right. Um, okay. Let's go to Jemmy because she has a guest to call. Jemmy, what's coming up on today's show?
4: <laughs> on today's show in our weekly horse health report. Guest, Dr. Latcher from Spring Hill Equine, fills us in on the organisms that, that cause equine protozole, myelo, and Auditor Hello. Mary Schmidt joins us to talk about a fundraiser for our friend Mary Kitz Miller. And we'll also hear from Monty Roberts a little later in the show. So you don't want to miss any of it. It's a packed show as always today, guys. And Speaking of today, today is a show that will be loved by so many. It is National Cheese Pizza Day. So go out and grab a slice. Just choose wisely; you will be judged.
1: <laughs> I seriously <laughs> ate cheese pizza yesterday for a kid's birthday party. So,
0: <laughs> oh, you're you're already ahead of the game.
1: <laughs> I don't J- think I can
0: eat it. it again. <laughs> and Jemmy, I'm going to give you props. You pronounced that name. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Protozoal myoloencephalitis.
1: Look
0: at her go! I don't know. Was she I close, said Jamie? Biology. Jamie, was she close? Was <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, pr- close enough. Close enough. There's a reason everybody calls it EPM though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's Cause nobody can say it. <laughs> you Myo- did much better than I would.
1: Myoencephalitis is, okay, I think, I think it's spelled wrong on here.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, then that's not my
5: fault. Exactly. You did great. I was wondering, I'm like, I thought I've heard of
4: myoencephalitis, but okay, I'll just roll with it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it. It's spelled wrong on your sheet here. So it's not your fault. So thanks, Glenn.
0: I didn't do it. It wasn't (laughs) me. Are you kidding? Me trying to spell that? It would never happen. No, not in (laughs) a hundred years. Thank you, Jamie. All right, daily winnie time. Happy birthday to our friend Emily Wood, who is hosting, well, she hosted yesterday the jumping episode here on Horses in the Morning. I wish I'd known it was birthday yesterday. Thing is, Facebook never tells you to that morning, so I don't know who's coming up tomorrow unless you actually go in and dig around, but nobody does that. So, uh, happy birthday, Emily. And if you missed yesterday's episode, it was terrific. So... Definitely take a listen to it. She I did will. a lot of listener questions on jumping, and she had a, one of her friends help, and it was one of their better episodes, I think. They, they must have answered 20 questions. <laughs> Just all, cool. The whole episode was pretty much that. So definitely go take a listen to that. It was a lot of fun.
1: Um, We were going to talk about Zeus, so I'm going to go ahead and give my daily winnie out to, as you guys usually know, and you've heard this name a million times, Dr. Hendricks, (laughs) my sweet veterinarian who saved my life. And I will say that because, as y'all know, Zeus the Mustang is fairly difficult to manage on a daily basis, much less not, not including the tendon injury, which he is supposed to stay under stall rest. That's a freaking joke. So stall rest with a Mustang that is an escape artist was fairly challenging. And as you guys heard, when I was talking to Monty, the last segment we did, I talked about a horse that was taking his front feet and banging on the stall door's. Yeah, that's that that was Zeus. So, um spoiler alert, <laughs> that was my horse. So, I thought, what can I do? And you guys know we talked to um the vet here and he gave us some ideas and so um I went with a half dose of risperine, which is a 30-day tranquilizer, which is very frightening if you're buying horses, but it's very wonderful if you're trying to manage a stall rest horse. And so we it, it, the the typical dose I guess Glenn is five cc's but I, I because uh the vet who came on scared me so bad about everything <laughs> I said give him a half dose <laughs> just give him a half dose and let's see what happens let me tell you something it, it is worse. so peaceful oh <laughs> no it is so peaceful out here oh my god I mean Chad's like. What's wrong with him? I'm like, that's what a normal horse is like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you so, mean he didn't escape? Uh, he didn't tear things down? He didn't rip things up?
1: He still opens the door, but like he escaped yesterday morning. He still opens the door, but he doesn't go anywhere. He so does a half a there. dose
0: mean that it's just going to wear out sooner, or he's just as half as groggy as he would have been?
1: I think, well, I don't know. To be honest, I have no idea, but I'm going to go with half as groggy because what it's done is I had to use reserpine on the off the track thoroughbred that broke his splint bone and the horse was trying to murder everybody and like had to completely stand still for a bone to heal. So, um, that we gave him a full dose and he was like, a drunk gorked, like couldn't eat for like three days because I was afraid he was going to choke. Like it was really, really bad. Really so bad. that's when I decided to give Zeus the half dose, like, just give him a halfy. She's like, he is a Mustang. He's probably gonna, you know, fight through it. Nope. It's wonderful. It's so nice outside. <laughs> this has been the most peaceful week on my farm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've even gone to, um, taking the other vet's advice uh he's now turned out because he doesn't run around he just kind of walks around like stoned it's awesome um so yes thank you for providing me with an option to keep this horse manageable because i didn't talk to you guys but on day two of stall rest he tore down the top bar uh and it was that's welded on uh in his stall so he took the top rail down And he was galloping circles. That doesn't sound restful. Um. No. (laughs) That's when I was like, we have to do something. I can't possibly, you know. And I got all these great ideas of like feed him cucumbers and give him watermelon rinds and all these things. I was like, no, we need something now. (laughs) Something like medical, something that is going to go straight to his brain and tell him to stop galloping in a 12 by 12 stall. (laughs) Speaking
0: of medical, Dr. Wendy tomorrow on The Driving Show is doing a special traditional Chinese uh, veterinary medicine segment on healing tendon injuries just for you using Chinese medicine. So uh, you want to take a listen to that. And it might have something to do with Jesus and frankincense and myrrh. So to, you want you want to take a listen to that. It
1: sounds like it's going to be expensive.
0: <laughs> well, the, we left out the gold, so there's that. Uh, well,
1: well, we've got Dr. Latcher yeah. on, and I'm sure she's done a lot of tendon stuff. I do want to ask Dr. Latcher before we start talking about EPM what her experience is with resurping. Dr. Lacher, good morning.
0: Good morning. Drugs are good. That's my response. <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad Jennifer's not on this call because I think she'd be thinking about a half a dose for me. I really do.
4: It's <laughs> all <laughs> <laughs> oh. is so difficult. Oh, geez. It's, and it's, that's with a uh, Mustang. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and keeping those, those brains active, you know, there's just not great options. And so then I'm like, you know what, we're just going to drug our way through this. I I would feel the same way. If I was stuck on the couch watching Oprah and Dr. Oz all day, you'd have to drug me through it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Imagine just staring at walls. That would suck. Yeah. Just going to tear the walls down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad you're with me. You're not like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you would do that to your horse. You're a terrible owner.
4: You know, yeah. No, I have to say that the older I get, the happier I am to give horses drugs through the initial (laughs) phases of a lot of rehab.
0: (laughs) Hey, I have a question then. I'm going to ask you the question. She gave a half dose, and I said, and it's supposed to last 30 days. I said, does that mean it wears out in 15, or it still lasts 30 days, but they're only half as groggy? Good question.
4: It still lasts 30 days, but they're half as groggy. And I will say that reserping is very horse-dependent. Um, we find that a lot of horses will do well on that half dose and maintain very well for that 30 days. Some, you know, take the full dose. You can also, if you need to bump it by little tiny increments along the way and avoid a lot of the side effects.
1: Um, so like diarrhea, because that was a huge side effect that we had for a couple of days. So you, how, how do you avoid that?
4: If you're feeling like he is getting a little bit too rambunctious in a week, 10 days, I bump the reserpine dose. So instead of giving a half dose, I give like a little tiny amount, like some of these guys, I'll give a half, three quarters of a CC every seven to 10 days, just to keep them at that level I need. And then I avoid the the diarrhea and the cramping, you know, they, they're just miserable with that side effect. And so I go yeah. very low dose. I give a high dose to start them. And then I do little teeny tiny doses to keep them where I need them.
1: Okay, good. But yeah, nobody told me that was a side effect. And I came out the next morning and I thought he was colicking. And I was like,
4: wait, what is all over the walls?
1: Okay, it's a mess. Yeah. So I didn't realize that. So, um, well, that's good to know. That's, I was kind of freaking out. I'm like, I can't give him another dose. And he has to be calm for six months. So that's interesting to hear.
4: Yeah.
1: All right. Well, yep, no doses phone will over.
4: be your friend.
0: Okay. Well, that's going to be <laughs> lovely <laughs> for <laughs> the people coming out looking to buy your farm. It's kind of. <laughs>
1: Oh my God, I better clean the bars. Oh, I didn't even think about that, Glenn. Yeah, putting the house in the market. I'm like, don't don't mind the diarrhea splattered on the walls. <laughs> God. All right. Dr. Latcher, let's move past that and talk about EPM. <laughs> give us a <laughs> give us a little bit. What is EPM and what causes it?
4: That's a big Uh, question. EPM is a neurologic disease of horses. It's called um, equine protozoomyelitis is the long name. We like to give things long, complicated names, and then we give them acronyms because it's just too much, right? So um, the protozoans that cause it are usually sarcosystis neurona in this country. Um, Sometimes it is also one known as Neospora husii. Again, we like to just use big, long names of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, The... Horses get it from possum poop most commonly uh, in their environment. And if you think about where horses live, what they eat—hay, grass—you uh, know the waterers um, out in the fields will commonly be a common water source for wildlife. They can get exposed relatively easily, and what it leads to is what we call an asymmetrical neurologic disease. And that's very important that it's asymmetrical. It is extremely rare for an EPM horse to have the same symptoms on both sides of their body. Usually what we find is that they're having a neurologic difficulty in one particular spot. Common areas are the chewing muscles of the the head. So you walk out and look at your horse and underneath the forelock, one side, the muscle is gone uh, or on the jowl. One side of the muscle is gone. And that's a, a key component of it. Like I said, is that it's on one side and not the other.
1: Okay. So, so would this happen? How, how quickly would this happen? You said you just walk out. Would it be something that would, you would see overnight?
4: Yeah, uh, literally overnight. Um, okay. That might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but it will happen (laughs) very quickly over two to three days. Uh, when nerve supply is cut off to muscle, muscles go away extremely quickly. You know, your Mustang that's on stall rest is going to lose some top line over the next six months just from not exercising as much, except for the galloping and the stall part. (laughs) But an EPM horse doesn't have nerve supply to that muscle. And the minute muscles don't have nerves, they're like, I'm out of here, I'm done. And they just go away. And so it, it happens extremely quickly from the time of infection to the time of muscle going away.
0: Takes so long to get them and it goes away so quickly muscles oh. so
4: true <laughs> so true so so true
1: <laughs> so what is another the, the thing that you on epm see? sorry good
4: no you're okay the the other things that we'll see on epm because it is that asymmetrical thing is we will sometimes see these subtle lamenesses that are very one-sided you know we'll have a horse that is a little bit off on maybe a left front um let's say because that's we're just going to pick a leg There's nothing obvious as to why that horse is off. We'll go through an entire blocking scenario where we block from the bottom of the leg all the way up to the top and nothing we do makes that horse better. Um, We may end up then taking x-rays of the neck. Everything looks relatively okay. And we sort of back ourselves into a corner on those of saying this horse probably has something neurologic going on. Let's see if we can figure out what it is. And in those cases, it's that the horse probably has a little teeny tiny muscle affected deep inside that we just can't see that the muscle has gone away. And that's what's causing the lameness. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very rarely we will have behavioral changes as well. And that happens when the organism gets into strange places in the brain and just causes them to to have some behavioral um, changes. Like what? Uh, usually it's that they, uh, they stop doing something that they normally do. You know, like, uh, let's say if your Mustang is a stall opener and, you know, a gregarious sort of guy that's always out there looking to see what's going on. All of a sudden they change to a little bit of a sullen horse that's back in the back of the stall. They're not usually dramatic behavioral changes. Uh, they're usually more of a a little bit of depression and, and kind of withdrawing from the world. Okay.
1: I was waiting for the, they're going to attack you when you walk in the door, aggressive type rabies (laughs) behavior, but not that. Just a little depressed.
4: Yeah. If your horse had that from EPM, it would be a case study because that would be a very weird, 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 weird version of EPM.
1: (laughs) Okay. Now what, so, so what can we do to prevent it? And then what can we do to treat it?
4: Well, the first step is deciding that your horse actually has EPM. And I will tell you that it is, um, it's sort of the the go-to diagnosis for I don't know what's wrong with my horse. You know, we see horses every day here where people say, my horse has EPM. And I always start with, well, your horse probably doesn't have EPM, so let's make sure of that first. Uh, And the only way to truly diagnose EPM is with a spinal tap. We can do a blood test. We will sometimes use it as a screening test where we pull the blood. We send it to a diagnostic lab, either in Kentucky or the university of California at Davis. They have the two best diagnostic tests in the world. We send it to them. If it comes back negative, then the chances are pretty good. Your horse is negative. And I usually say, all right, we don't have EPM. We need to go a different route. If it comes back positive, all that means is that your horse has been exposed to EPM. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have it in their brain and their spinal cord, which is where it causes a problem. It just means that they have it in their bloodstream. And so what we have percentage, to say, okay.
1: sorry. what percentage of horses have been exposed? Do you know?
4: It depends on your area, but here in Florida it's in the 90% range.
1: That's what I thought. You yeah. out
4: in Arizona? Pretty low. Right. You know, if I got a positive on your, a horse in your area, I would be like, eh. we, we may discuss that EPM is higher on the list, especially if it's a horse that has lived with you for a long time versus here in Florida. If you have lived in Florida for any length of time, you have been exposed to EPM.
1: Right. Because <laughs> there's we no like right possums, here. there's no raccoons, there's none of the carriers out here in Arizona, but maybe I got my horse from the East Coast. So <laughs> he has been exactly. exposed.
4: Yeah. And, and there's a very low percentage of horses that go from being exposed to actually having neurologic problems from EPM. And that's the key. And that's why you have to do a spinal tap on those horses to be sure. And that's where we take a sample of the fluid around the brain and spinal cord. And we say, all right, does this show evidence of EPM in the brain and spinal cord? And that number is somewhere in the less than 5% of horses exposed to EPM that actually develop neurologic disease from it.
1: So you've got to go in and you've got to do a spinal tap to take it, uh, to, to get a 100% positive. Say you take in the blood and your horse has been exposed and you've got some behavior stuff and some like muscle changes. Would you just, Recommend treating them instead of the spinal tap because that sounds number one very invasive and also number two very expensive. So is it just cheaper to treat it
4: and go with it? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is the the treatment of choice is marquee for a good thirty days, and then we step them down to to another drug for another two months. Uh, so if your horse has EPM. Uh, you're looking at $2,000 to $2,500 in treatment. Wow. Yes, a spinal tap is an invasive test, but the horses tolerate it fairly well. And any internal medicine practitioner and 99% of surgeons can do a spinal tap for you. Lots of general practitioners can do it too. We do them here at our, our Holland facility. So, you know, it's, it is an invasive test, but it is absolutely worthwhile. The other problem is if you're going to treat that horse based on the blood test, you're wasting three months of time if you have a horse that doesn't have EPN right. and a lot of money. Yeah. We could okay. take that money that you've gone towards treatment and head it more towards diagnostics to see what's truly going on so that we can aim treatment appropriately at your horse.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. So treatment is... How how many of these horses that have EPM and get treatment go back to being normal?
4: About 95% of them do very, very well with treatment. The ones that don't typically are the ones that either have the organism in a really bad spot or the ones that have the organism has caused a lot of damage before we sort of realize what's going on and, and they get treatment. You know, the ones that maybe have been ignored for a little while. And then they come up out of the field to go back to work. And we realize something's going on with them. So they've, they've had damage for a while before we actually start treatment. Those are tougher. The oh. other thing about all of the treatments for EPM, just a quick side note there, is that they're anti-inflammatory. And so if you put them on EPM treatment and they have, let's say, a slight aggravation of a tendon or they have a low level of arthritis in a joint, I'm going to make them look better
1: Mm-hmm.
2: With the
4: treatment I've got just because they're anti-inflammatory, hmm.
1: interesting. Oh, that's sneaky. And then you get false yeah. diagnosis, yeah, well, um before we let you go, just real quick, we have one more minute. How can I prevent this
4: the The best way to prevent it is to see if you can segregate possums from horses, which can be very difficult. <laughs>
0: Um, well, they're not always cooperative. Up, like, there's that. I mean, you know, yes, yeah, 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 yeah,
4: yeah. I try to keep horses behind no climb fence at least around the perimeter of a property if possible., uh, if you can pick up your water troughs so that they're not on the ground where possums can you know happily get in them, um keeping up loose hay and grain because there's attract possums to an area, and then just knowing your horse and having a good relationship with your veterinarian, you know, having being able to spot things and being able to go to your vet and say, Hey, something's not right with Flicka and, and having <laughs> a conversation about it will allow us to address some of these things early on. And that's, you know, as much as you can prevent things with horses, you prevent them. And then you just try to manage what they do to themselves.
1: <laughs> Poor Flicka. Flicka always gets it just the <laughs> worst. <laughs> well, Dr. Latcher, please tell us oh, your website for Springhill equine. I think it's springhillequine.com. Spring- you- Yeah. You guys have a article on EPM. It's called EPM and why your horse probably doesn't have it. (laughs) But thank you so much for your knowledge and your information and for always coming on and being such a great part of the show.
0: Oh, thank you guys. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right. Um, We're going to go right to our next guest, and then we'll get to our product review, because she is standing by. We have one of our auditors on. Her name is Mary Schmidt, and good morning, Mary. Good morning. Thank hey, you. Hey, hey. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Mary's here to talk about another one of the hosts here on Horses in the Morning, Mary Kitzmiller. Uh, everybody knows Mary Kitzmiller. She comes on and graciously donates her time to answer questions about training and things every month. Uh, and she's been, you know, she was a Mustang trainer long before Jamie even thought about it. Uh, she has been doing it for a long time. But uh, Mary Schmidt, what's... I got two Marys, so it's not like I got to use both names here to make sure I know who I'm talking about. Uh, all
1: First of all, let me just give you uh, uh, who Mary Schmidt is. Mary Schmidt lives at the base of the Teton Mountains, and she's amazing. And she hung out with me at uh, Triangle X Ranch, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: That yeah. Mary Schmidt. Oh, I like get fun. it now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mary, tell us what you uh, elected to do and why. Because I, to be honest, Jamie and I have been kind of not following this. We got this little WEG thing and everything we're getting ready for. So I kind of missed all of this. So let us know what's going on.
5: Well, Mary Kitzmiller um, has competed in a lot of Mustang makeovers and she got this little horse, Remy, Remington, um, in May to prepare for the Fort Worth Extreme Mustang makeover, which is kind of the big one. And I think right from the start, she knew when she saw the horses to select that that was the one, but she posted on Facebook, which horse should I select? And then she selected the one that she knew in her heart she wanted. And he's a paint horse and he's turned out to be a character. And the whole journey has been kind of magical because after she picked Remington to be her Mustang makeover horse, she found out that a photographer had been following him since he was a foal um, when he was wild. And so all she got all these pictures of him, and she didn't know this when she selected him and and was able to buy him out of the auction. Um, so here's all these professional pictures of him growing up on the range, and then she picks him, and he has just been transformed in three or four months from uh, you know a wild horse to a character with so much personality, and we've seen him be taken to shows and be afraid of what she calls the squirrels in the corner to winning these shows. And, you know, and that's just been in the last few weeks he's starting to win and she's been hauling him all over to get him the experience he needs to go to the makeover. And uh, I think between the two of them with her personality and his personality, they are going to, um, if they don't win, I think they're going to be in the top 10 and Mary wants to buy him back.
0: Yeah, because so, these horses go up for sale after the makeovers, right? Or auction. They do.
5: And what happens, I I did a little more research into it because I didn't know much about it either. And apparently they have an auction at 1 p.m. on Saturday for all the horses that are not in the top 10. And then the top 10 horses, if Mary makes it into the top 10 with Remy, um, they get auctioned after a freestyle. And... uh I reached out to Linda Kitzmiller, Mary's mom. And I said, look, what happens if Mary doesn't have enough money to buy this horse back? Because I just have this feeling that people are going to want him. And she said that they were very worried about that. And I, you know, I know Mary has a lot of pride and wants to um, not ride on the backs of other people, but she gives us so much. And me personally, I've been so inspired by her and all of the other hosts on the show Um, I just want to see her take this horse to higher levels and how she does it. Um, So I'd love to have her get him back so I can watch that journey. And so I sort of proposed to Linda. I said, well, what if we do a GoFundMe or something to give her some extra padding in case she has to bid higher? Because Linda explained to me that a horse that wasn't even in the top 10 went for $26,000 because a guy just wanted that horse. Whoa. And I thought, God, I don't know if anybody has $26,000 to buy a horse. And I thought, you know, if we can do a GoFundMe for somebody who does a venting and allow him to have his heart horse, then maybe we can do this for a Mustang and, you know, call him the people's horse or America's horse or something and let, Mary continued the journey with him.
0: Wow. Jamie said you had a big heart, and now we know that's true. So (laughs) you uh, Mm -hmm. took the time to put together a GoFundMe, and not only did you take the time to put together GoFundMe, but I noticed who the first very large contributor was. So you're you're not only asking (laughs) others to do it, you did it yourself, and uh, that says a lot, actually, when I look at these GoFundMes, because we see a lot of them. But when I look at the person who organized it and they were the one who, you know, put the first large contribution in, then it means a lot more. There there are a couple things that I I saw on this, too, and it's a question I always ask when I'm donating in to these, and I, I do usually donate to something once a month on a GoFundMe. What is what happens and you what happens if it doesn't go through? What happens if this? What happens if that? And you did set down those guidelines in your GoFundMe. So talk about that. Uh you have a couple of things that you set out to this is gonna happen if she doesn't get it and and go over those. Because I think that's important for people to know.
5: Yeah. I mean I sort of thought, well, um, she may not need this money. So what, how, and, and I got to tell you, this was so impulsive. I didn't even think it through. So, And it may have been a little bit of alcohol involved too, but um, (laughs) I just set the thing up. I've never done this before. And um, I thought, well, what, okay. So what if she doesn't need any of the money for her bidding? What, what if she gets the horse and, you know, has a perfectly sound amount of money in her pocket um, I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that they would get their money back. And a couple people have actually posted that they don't want their money back. They want it to go to another charity. Um, you know, whichever charity they, they select. So I'll try to make that work. But like I said, I'm new to this. so I'm learning as I go, but I did, uh, I did find out that I can do refunds through GoFundMe. So that's good. Um, and yeah, if she doesn't need the money or if, if we you know don't raise enough, and there's some guy that's just gotta have this horse and keeps bidding, um I think all the money can be returned or diverted to other charities so um that's that's how I laid it out.
0: well, you know you apparently you do pretty good thinking in your drunken state because it all sounds perfectly <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> Um, much better than I do. So uh, we'll post a link to this on our Facebook page, and go ahead and also post it again on the auditor page if you have not. I noticed you posted a... A post on there that you were gonna you were thinking about doing but go ahead and post it that you've done it um, and I did notice okay. that some auditors have been uh, ch- typing in already and and you know I, I get it I mean Mary does take time every month she doesn't get paid to do this show she comes on and, and does it because she wants to do it so uh, and she, I know she answers a lot of questions and she answers questions in the room there as well and you know all the hosts are really good about that dr. Wendy and Jamie and everybody uh, when there's a question in there they come in and answer it, and, and that means a lot to me, that the hosts take pride in what they do and, and are really, truly interested in helping, helping you know, our friends, the listeners, when they have problems, and that, you know, I, I can't. that's one of the things I'm most proud of, I think. Um, so, Mary, thank yeah. you for, for doing think, this. Go ahead, sorry. I
5: was going to say, I think we all appreciate that as well, and I mean, that's what motivated me, and so...
0: Well, good job. Um, Don't – I was I going to say? Totally lost what I was going to say. So it's gone. We'll post it. We'll post it on our Facebook page at Horses in the Morning if people want to find the link. And if you want to help Remy and Mary out, you can do that. So thank you, Mary.
1: Oh, you're so welcome. Take care. Thanks, Mary.
0: And I I noticed that they've already gotten uh, almost $700 raised. So, And it just started this morning. What a nice lady to do that.
1: Well, she is a nice lady. And she, by the way, has a shop in Jackson Hole that if you are ever in Jackson Hole, go visit. Because it's it's a store, but it's also like a museum. And she knows Bucket loads about every piece in her store, and it's really, really so interesting to go and listen to her describe th- where this particular belt buckle came from, or where these what, kind of, what, came what from. does she
0: sell? What kind of shop?
1: It's a Western store. Oh, okay. It's like old, what old Western store, like, but also like stuff some old. And- yeah, like antique stuff, like chinks and old belt buckles. And she's like, "Oh, that's the belt buckle that came from this." And there was like two or three English things in there. So I was like, "Oh my god, tell me about this!" I couldn't afford any of it, but it was beautiful.
0: Aren't you surprised <laughs> sometimes at how much that old stuff goes for? <laughs> it's
1: oh my like... gosh, it's true. It's true. I was. I mean, and then she like had like four sales the day I w- you know was in there. So of uh, just amazing stuff. It's really neat. So I don't know what the name of the store is, but. Just message her. <laughs> Sorry, I should have probably found that out first before I talked about it.
0: <laughs> All right, sounds good. Well, let's take a listen. We have our product review of the week, uh, sponsored and brought to you by Horselovers.com. And Jennifer managed I to I got ca- the
1: name of it. Cayuse Western Americana, Fine Cowboy Indian and National Park Antiques.
0: <laughs> what, what was it? What was the first word?
1: Cayuse Western Americana. Mm. Find Cowboy Indian and National Park Antiques.
0: Can you post a link to that on our Facebook page too? I sure. Let's can. give Mary a plug. All right, let's uh, take a listen to Jay or Jennifer. Caught up with one of our auditors who did a product review. Speaking of Western, for a Weaver Cinch,
6: it's product review time. My favorite part of the show, where I get to hang out with one of our dedicated listeners who has agreed to take a little bit of their horsey time and test a product that they've never met before and tell us how much they love or not love the product. And co- hanging out with me this afternoon is Stacey Brown. Welcome to the show, Stacy. No, thank you. Thanks for hanging out with me. Now, Stacey Brown, what part of the world do you hail from?
3: I live in the Sierra Nevada foothills outside of Fresno in California. Oh, that's a tough place to be. Yeah, it's North Fork is the actual town name, but nobody knows where that is. Nobody (laughs) knows where that is. It sounds beautiful. It is. It's very beautiful. Lots of trail riding. Lots of trail
6: riding. Uh Aha. So you do do some trail riding. What others, tell me about your horsey self.
3: What kind of riding do you do? I do trail riding and horse camping, and I actually own halflingers. So I have two halflingers. One's a husband horse, and one is my horse. So I use the cinch on the halflingers. (laughs) Aha. And you speak, yeah. Of and I the, also have a mini, but he he doesn't he's wear at home. A cinch. Does he? No, no, no. <laughs> he's just a pasture pet.
6: <laughs> you are speaking of the Weaver leather neoprene straight smart cinch. That's a mouthful of product. So it's a it's a right. Western cinch, and it's made of neoprene. Do I have that much right?
3: Yes, that's correct. All right, now tell me about the,
6: this, this cinch. What what's awesome about it? What kind is it?
3: Uh, I really love it because it's washable, first off. So uh, I like to spray my cinches when I get off. I just spray them down with the hose. So the neoprene makes it um, really good for that. And it also has that cool roller buckle on the side. So it makes cinching up really easy because the, the latigo, I guess, slides through the roller buckle pretty easily. Um, so that's what I like about it. And it, uh, it doesn't slip. And my horses seem pretty comfortable wearing it. So I've been using it for... Oh, about six months for a long time. For a long time now. <laughs> it's held up really good, yeah.
6: Is, is it the kind of neoprene that the part that goes against a horse velcros onto the part that actually holds the saddle, or is it all one unit?
3: It velcros on, so you can take it apart to wash it too, so which I also like that. like to throw things in the washing machine and stuff like
6: that, okay. now Yeah, so you could do both. Western cinches are, um, sometimes have a tongue buckle on both sides and sometimes not does this have a buckle on each side of the of the cinch yes it has a tongue buckle on both sides on both sides so one side's the Which fancy I also schmancy like. <laughs> clicky buckle and the other side's just a regular buckle yes all righty and it i'm looking at the picture of this here cinch on horselovers.com that's horselovers with a z.com and it looks like it has the little tiny D's in the center so that you can hook your back cinch and or your breast collar to it?
3: Yes, you can, you can hook both, and I use all those things. And you use all <laughs> of those things.
6: <laughs> yeah. Now, you've been using it for a few months. How is it holding up? How's its durability?
3: It's great. It holds up really good. I find I really like Weaver Leather products, but yeah, this one is uh, it's awesome. I like it better than the fleece cinches, too, because if you go through weeds or anything like that, it doesn't uh, collect a lot of stickers. Um, so if you go through any tall brush or weeds, which I go through a lot of that, even around my house, um, I have a lot of problems with stickers, but this seems to not really pick up much. So it's really, um, super low maintenance,
6: super low maintenance, durable, well-made, useful, has a handy dandy, easy to use smart click cinch buckle on it and it is a available- very Oh, it's not a smart click, but it's the roller. It's the roller <laughs> click. I, yes. I stand corrected. It is the roller buckle, <laughs> not the smart buckle. Yes. Um so it's easy to it's easy to cinch up and uh, get to just the right amount of tightness. It is the Weaver leather neoprene straight smart cinch available at horselovers.com as we record this review for $56.99 and thank you very much Stacy Brown for hanging out with me and doing a product review. Thank
3: you guys for letting me test it out.
0: Visit horselovers.com today, and that's Horselovers with a Z. All right, let's talk a little bit about what's going to happen here over the next couple of weeks. Tomorrow, okay. we have the driving show. That's uh, coming to you from Dr. Wendy. And then Friday, Jamie will be here with, uh, I believe it's Megan, Auditor Megan. And I'm going to be away at a conference uh, So with Jemmy, actually. So we're you're going to be holding down the fort. And then next week, we... St- This Friday will be the last live show for two weeks. And then next week, uh, Jemmy and Jamie and various co-hosts are going to be putting the Horses in the Morning show together for you. So it'll be out on the feed. It'll be out on the Horses in the Morning podcast feed, but we will not have a live show during the World Equestrian Games. Uh, look for daily wrap-up shows from the World Equestrian Games. Samantha and I and a whole bunch of uh, guests are going to be doing daily wrap-up shows every day. Hopefully, if there's a media center to do it from, we're going to be tr- <laughs> we're going to be trying to get those done somewhere. Horseware said we could probably use their booth if all else fails. So we will be doing daily wrap-up shows. They'll be coming out each night on the 2018 WEG show feed by about nine o'clock, nine thirty. So look for those every night, and we'll be. We'll be having guests on and we'll be talking about the competitions that happened that day. Each day during the World Question Games, there's like three different competitions going on. So Mm -hmm. Jennifer and uh, Samantha and I will be dividing up and hopefully conquering all of them and, and getting interviews and various sound files for you. Uh, so you can find those over there. If you want to also see a lot of different posts about coverage for the WEG, go to 2018 WEG Show on Facebook. We're posting a whole bunch of things over there, uh, and uh, I mean, the one thing we posted just had 400 shares, so you'd, uh, that's a good place to follow. Everything we'll be doing Facebook Lives from there, between Samantha, Jennifer, and I. We'll also have various hosts coming in. Reese and Phillip are coming in to help with dressage. Dr. Wendy's coming in to help driving, and there's various other people that have been regular guests on the shows over the years that'll be there helping us out. So you'll be seeing a bunch of pictures and a whole bunch of things posted there. So definitely keep an eye out. We'll be doing, we'll call in to you, Jamie, in the morning. One of us will call in and kind of give you a morning report uh, for the Horses in the Morning Show, a quick five-minute report from there. Uh, okay. so we'll do that every morning that you're you're doing a show. <coughs> so that's what's going on. There'll be live shows tomorrow and Friday, but then uh, starting next but week. But just remember be we
1: record them we record them as live. So we yes. leave in all the mistakes because I cannot not do a live show. I can't say cut. It just well, does, Also uh,
0: also Jemmy doesn't terrible. want to correct all your crap. So there's that. Yeah. yeah yeah.
1: Well, she better be <laughs> on game and <then>, on point. <laughs>
0: She she said editing you is a nightmare, so that's why we do it live. <laughs> I'm talking like she's not here, you know. Sandra. I did not. I did not. Uh, it was lovely so, so, so that's what's going on. All right, we have the last segment of your Monty. Uh interview or a Monty question and answer session that you did. Uh,
1: Yes. I mean, what a thrill it was to sit in his parlor and ask him listeners submitted questions. And I think there's only one more question to go. And the answer to this really surprised me, but I certainly understand why he gave it. However, I am not bound by things he is bound by. So I will answer the question after he you'll hear his response. <laughs> okay. um, but oh my gosh, okay. Like, hey, it was so cool to sit in there. And I hopefully we'll get to do that again very soon. It was a, an amazing experience. And and just, you know, thanks you guys for submitting all of your questions. Again, this is part three. Um, so if you do want to hear it, you can go back to the last couple weeks and episodes and, and listen to the uh, part one and part two.
4: Here we go. But Here it is.
1: Okay, now we had one more question, but I mentioned this to you before, and there's a reason that you can't actually answer it. Um, It's Janelle had a question about her horse having an eye removed, and you told me something really interesting about the state of California.
2: Yeah, I think it was 35 or 40 years ago that I was acting as an expert witness in a trial in Los Angeles, California. Um. And there was a very, I think, brilliant judge there that had um, me on the stand, and he was asking some questions. That isn't typical, but he wanted to ask some questions. And he, this was a case whereby a lady had been injured on a horse with one eye. And this judge asked me if I was helping this lady with riding her horse, And he had one eye. When I asked the lady to get on the horse and do a certain thing, would you say under oath that I'm placing her in the safest position my student can be in this horse industry? And I thought, oh, my word, thinking about this. No, I could not tell you that I was placing my student in the safest place that a horse men could be in the horse industry. A horse with one eye is compromised that the the lady injured was hit by a truck. And maybe the horse didn't see the truck coming. And maybe the horse went where he could see and that got him in trouble. I don't know. But any time a horse has one eye, they are less safe for a lot of reasons than the horse with two eyes. That makes sense to me. So, if we are advising other people, said the judge, we are in part at least responsible for anything that negative happens when you place that student in a compromised position. So, this judge said, I hereby find that no professional ought to be seen to advise anyone on anything where a horse is compromised of his vision. And just remember that if you do, I think the other courts will pick this up, and I believe most states have picked it up, and caused it to be less than responsible if you give advice to someone about what to do with a horse that has lost an eye. And so I just don't do it anymore. You're just
1: Are you partially liable? Is that what happens?
2: Yeah, well, this judge felt you were partially liable. Now, there may be another judge that says, no, oh, that's not right. One eye is enough. I say it's not. But that hasn't happened. Ever since that case, each case that I've heard about, the judge has stood behind the fact that that person did not send advice out there in the safest possible way for his student or her student. And um, so I, I, I stopped that altogether. It doesn't mean that I'm telling you to go shoot your horse. It doesn't mean that <laughs> I don't I'm... I do not think to- you've ever said that to anybody. No, I'm not saying it now. Love your horse. I just can't tell you what to do with that horse that might get you in trouble because he has one eye and you can't really blame him Uh, for something that he has no control over. So if your listeners that are fair-minded will stop and think about that, they will see this point. Um, He might be a pasture ornament. You might ride him in some very safe places with no uh, potential for injury, um, I suppose. But I can't give advice about a horse that has compromised vision.
1: Well, you know what you have done is you've given a lot of amazing advice for a, a lot of uh, very grateful people, myself and my husband included, yeah. if we can fix Zeus. Yeah. Um, but um, as always, I appreciate every moment that I get to sit here with you, and it's an honor.
2: Well, thank you very much. It's an honor to sit with you, and you know, um, you, I think you're the first uh, student to come through my system, my educational system, which has their own yeah. radio show. Um, I dressed for TV today. Uh, you no,
1: look great. You look <laughs> great. You guys can't see him, but he's sharp.
2: But but it, it's nice. And, and you've um, uh, inspired my daughter to uh, have a radio connection too. And so she corners me every once in a while. But I tell you, The learning process goes on in your mind as you answer these questions and as you investigate those answers that you've given. And when you have people come back to you and say, I tried this, and have you ever added this to it or added that to it? It's a learning curve, Jamie, that just feels so good to me. It's none of us that know everything. And every time I sit down with you and go over a list like this, There's something I come out of it with, too, and uh, incremental learning is so much fun when you just keep your mind open and you always realize that there could be a better way to do this. Um, I remember the um, Argentine people in polo coming to me, and um, then they came back to me and they said, you know, join up, We we made an improvement in it. Really? What did you do? Well, we get an old retired polo pony and we turn him out with the young horses. They get used to one another. And then we do each join-up with an older gelding that has done join-up and the young one learns it in half the time. Really? Yeah. And uh, good on (laughs) you, you know? I don't ever want to have the feeling that I know everything. And... um. It's true that I don't have enough geldings to do all that with, with the number of horses that I start, but it's a good idea. And if it works, use it. I uh, will never take the position that I know everything, and I don't want any student to be as good as I am. I want every student to be a lot better than I am. That's the sign of a good teacher. When they, you open the door at the top and let them go right on through and get better than you.
0: And I believe that with Monty because you can hear in his voice that he does love this stuff. I mean, he loves learning about this stuff and constantly improving.
1: When you're taking a course and he is teaching it, we have like a horse, a Mustang that's having an issue or there's, you know, he does the special trainings and he also teaches the gently wild horses course. He'll come down and be like, I couldn't sleep last night and I decided to try this. And, you know, he just thinks about this stuff all the time. It is always on his brain. So he is just the, the master of it. And, and it's true. He just loves, loves solving all of these issues. And he loves answering the questions too, thank God, because I've peppered him with enough.
0: <laughs> well, and he's right. When you teach something, you get better at it. Um, you know, geez, I, I spent a years teaching sales, and I was never a better salesman than when I was teaching sales, because yeah. it reminds you to do it correctly, too. It, it's just a constant, you're teaching somebody else, but you're also going, Oh, I've been slacking off at that. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it's you, you realize the things that you haven't been putting emphasis on yourself because one, you know it so well that sometimes you forget, but then you overlook the basics. And mm-hmm. that's where teaching really does help you.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. Keeps you keeps you, keeps you honest, I yeah. think.
0: Yeah. I mean, you too. I mean, you're teaching your students all the time, and that forces you to think about you and what you're doing. Uh, yeah, yeah, sadly. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't say it was always good. I was just... <laughs> you wanted to make a comment about this one. The, the It was interesting to talk about the blind horse and to hear his experience with it. I understand why he's a little leery.
1: Well, I'm not in California. So I'm just going to tell you, uh, I did talk to another certified instructor about this and it's a horse with one eye. So basically what you want to, what you want to teach is a horse with one eye, how to see with one eye. And, uh, another instructor gave me some ideas of what to do. And that's to set up in your arena, a very basic like obstacle course, say, just like one plastic barrel and a pole on the ground here, and then a pole on the ground there. And you know, using your body, get your horse to walk through whatever obstacle course you want with your you're on the ground, and they, loose by themselves and you teach the horse to navigate their way through this obstacle course very easy at first and incrementally harder and what you're in essence doing is teaching your horse where things are with that one eye because you know you cover one of your eyes you lose half your vision a horse sees you know Uh, 340 degrees around their body. And you just cut half that off by taking, you know, by removing an eye by them, sadly losing an eye and to cancer, I think in this situation. So you've got to teach them how to, it's like riding. You teach them how to carry themselves. You teach them how to jump for themselves. You teach them how to get themselves out of trouble. That's what you're going to do. So just incrementally start to move the horse around in an arena with various obstacles And so the horse learns how to manage its own feet and figure out where it is. Like if it bumps into a plastic barrel, it's not going to hurt it. It's going to go, oh, well, that was where they're going to learn a threshold to where the objects are. Now, I mean, there's a horse in area 10 here, which is the area that I'm in for eventing that goes prelim with one eye. So, they can't, horses can be very successful. And I think horses have competed at higher levels than that. But this is the one that I've seen. So, just keep that in mind that it is not over for that horse, but you do need to do what keeps you safe. And in this situation, that horse just didn't miss a beat, apparently, when it was continuing its training after having the eye removed. So, just do everything bit by bit. If your horse is struggling, say, how can I break this down even more? Like you think of, um, think of training your horse as it's a ladder. Okay. And you're like, I'm going to get him to jump this fence. Well, you just started kind of at the top of the ladder. What you want to do is go to that very bottom rung. How can I get this horse to understand jumping this fence? You know what? Take the two standards on the side and take them through the standards and then take them to the stands for the pole on the ground. Step by step, start at the bottom of the ladder and bit by bit, make your way. You should see how I'm talking with my hands right now, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I'm in a room by myself talking to a microphone. I'm like using my arms. Okay. So just start at that bottom of that ladder and take step by step up. And that's, the, that's with a horse that's lost an eye. That's with a horse that's learning something. Anytime, just. Make it as simple as possible to where there's no pain or fear that is involved and figure it out. So incremental, it's super fun.
0: You know, it's interesting that this came up today because yesterday on The Jumping Show, Caroline, who grew up in Hong Kong, talked about a horse in their program at the School she was at in Hong Kong that was blind that went up to the very top levels of the jumping world, mm-hmm. uh, and was one of the top jumpers in Hong Kong. It was a retired racehorse, uh, was, you know, yeah. a thoroughbred. So there you go. It uh, can be done. Yeah. And look
1: at Patch. Patch, I think, is running in the Woodward or <laughs> some stakes coming up, and Patch is a one-eyed racehorse. So, uh, what is the big race that's coming up here soon? Um, we'll cover it because I think it maybe might have been this past weekend. I'll check it out for you. But there's a, there's an example of a one-eyed racehorse that's done incredibly well in his existence. So it's not the end of the world, but just make sure you you're safe about it.
0: Right. And I think that's, you know, I understand what Monty was saying, too. And obviously that's, all of that is true, but... It can be done
1: well. California, for newsflash, can be a bit of a litigious, litigious state. state, yeah, okay. a little bit. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Yes. Well, hey everybody, thanks so much for joining us. It was a really fun show. I, I loved all the guests that we had on today, and and
0: um. And I want to, you know, especially thank Dr. Latcher again. She just, I, I understand what she is saying. Yeah, I, I totally get it, and she we explains it even so like, well
1: embarrass her this
0: time we just let
1: her kind of talk it was really fun
0: i know and we didn't even talk about that ahead of time but we we let her go she got off easy today yeah i loved her answer though on the drugging thing drugs are good Drugs are good. So there's your lesson for today, children. Drugs are good. (laughs) Drugs are good. Let's wrap the show with that. (laughs) Tomorrow, driving. Doctor Wendy will be here, and we'll talk more about drugs. I think probably, Um, maybe the herbal kind. So (laughs) we'll talk to you all tomorrow.
1: Spay, neuter, geld. Everybody, have a great one. Believe half of what you see and none of what you hear.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's right. And especially (laughs) if it comes from us.